I will give it to you. Come with us and we will treat you well. For the Lord has promised good things to Israel. He answered, No, I will not go. I am going back to my own land and my own people. But Moses said, Please do not leave us. You know where we should camp in the desert and you can be our eyes. If you come with us, we will share with you whatever good things the Lord gives us. This is the Lord, the word of the Lord. Amen. Thanks, Gabriel. Father God, we ask this morning that you would open up those words to us. They come from an old book, and we pray, Lord, they might be relevant to us today. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible's a wonderful book. It's a book which is full of invitations to people. It's a really great book. And God is, is continuously inviting people to join him in where he's going and in what he's doing. What a great blessing that is. I'm so amazed that, that God would have invited me on a journey with him. That he actually would find a place for me to do some work that blesses him. And he does the same for each and every one of us. In this particular passage, Moses is talking to a man by the name of Hobab. Now, who's Hobab on a sunny day? Some of you might be asking, uh, Martin, some more words, please. But what if I told you also that Hobab's other name was Jethro? And Jethro was Moses' father-in-law. You remember the stories about Jethro? Jethro came with some really good advice for Moses because Moses was working really hard. He was getting tuckered out. And Jethro says to him, that's silly. Why don't you appoint some other people to do the little bits of work and you just did the really important things? Ah, so Moses had some time up his sleeve again and he could concentrate on the things that God had for him to do. Jethro gave Moses a real great blessing in that regard. On well, this particular passage, what's happening is that the people of Israel, they are leaving their encampment at, at Mount Sinai. And whilst they were there, they'd received the law about the tabernacle, which was their tent where they were going to meet. And they'd learned how to worship the Lord God. And now they're breaking camp and they're heading towards a place called Canaan. So what's happened is the people of Israel, they've escaped from captivity in Egypt and they're heading for the promised land. So as they break camp and they, and they, they are heading towards Canaan, Moses takes the time to invite Jethro or Hobab, as we know him in this particular story, to go with them to their destination. That's pretty brave, isn't it? Inviting your father-in-law to come with you. You know, well, Moses had a big heart, quite obviously. Now, I want to study this invitation today because in these verses there, there are several aspects that we need to investigate because there's a word here for us as church. There's a word here for those people who are not yet part of the church. And there's a word for every person in this room, no matter where you're at, in fact. So let's have a look at the invitation to companionship, which Moses gives here. You might have your Bibles open to uh, Numbers chapter 10, verse 29. Now Moses said to Hobab, son of Reuel, the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law, We are setting out for the place about which the Lord said, I will give it to you. Come with us and we will treat you well, for the Lord has promised good things to Israel. This is fascinating because Moses says, Come and share with us on our pilgrimage. We're on a journey. Come with us on this particular journey. 
But notice that Moses uses some interesting words. He refers to us and we. So Moses is saying to Hobab, you're outside of this group at the moment, but I want you to join this group. I invite you to become part of us, become part of we. We are, in fact, a special people. Now, one of my children told me the other day that I was quite special. I don't quite know what they were saying, actually. They had a little twinkle in their eye. But there's something different about being the special people of God because a special people of God are the ones who are chosen by God. Now, in the Old Testament, what happened was God chose Israel. Out of all the peoples of the world, he chose them to be a special people, to be his people. In fact, they were a redeemed people. That means that they've been bought back. A price had been paid. What happened for the people of Israel was a lamb without spot and blemish, blemish had been slaughtered to pay the penalty of their sin on their behalf. So that's what happened to them. They were a special people chosen by God and redeemed by God. That's them. What about us? Well, we are also a special people as well because if you believe in Jesus Christ, you are special to God. You're special because you've been chosen by him. You're special because you have been redeemed. A penalty has been paid for you. And we, of course, know that Jesus Christ paid our penalty. So if you're saved, if you know Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, you're a redeemed person, you're a special person, you belong to God. So Moses said, come with us and become part of the special people. But he also said we're going to a special place because Moses invites his father-in-law to, in, to join them on a journey to the land which God had promised them. They were leaving captivity and they were heading for a place called the promised land. It was a land of blessing, a land of victory. Some 20 times the Bible calls Canaan the land of milk and honey. It was to be a good place and most of all it was to be their place, their home, a special place. And Moses says, come with us. He invites Hobab, come with us. to we're going, We are a special people and we're going to a special place. Come with us. Of course, that was then. What about us? We also are on a journey to a special place. A wonderful place. A land of peace and joy and sinless perfection. It's a land of blessing where none of the problems and the afflictions of this life can follow us. How good is that? Hey, some of us heading up to hospital soon say, yeah, bring that on, Martin. It's a place called heaven. And it's been promised to us. Because we're God's special people. And we have a special place that we're going to. But notice also the incredibly special privilege here. Because Hobab, Moses' father-in-law, is a Midianite. And that's important that we know that. Because the Midianites were not part of the people of Israel. They were outside of all the covenants and promises that God had made to the people of Israel. So Hobab is not part of that yet. He's not part of the promises that God had made to Israel. But what Moses says to Hobab, he says, you know what? I want to invite you to be part of this. Come and join us. We are special. We're going to a special place. And, we have a, and I have an incredibly special privilege of inviting you to become part of us. So he says, come with us and what belongs to us will belong to you as well. The outsiders can come in. How good is that? By the way, that is also our special privilege. We have the incredible honor 
as Christians to go invite every person we meet <laughs> and say, come with us. Come with us on an incredible journey. We've got something to share with you. My salvation. I've been saved. How good is that? You see, I know that I'm a sinful person, but I know that someone has paid the penalty on my behalf. And I can share that with you because you also are a sinful person. All sinless people put your hands up. Exactly. Point. Huh? Got that one? The wonderful thing is we can share our salvation with people without lessening the value of what we have. If I had this morning $100 and I decided to give $20 to five of you, how much do I have left? Nothing. Exactly. But if I share my faith with you and I say, come with us, I haven't lessened the value of my faith at all. In fact, I've actually increased its value because now I've got something stored up away in heaven for me. Salvation is the only thing you can give away and it doesn't increase in value. We are the only people that have that, brothers and sisters. No one else in the world can do that except for born-again Christian people. How good is that? The more we give it away, the more valuable it becomes to us. And by the way, whilst I'm on the, that subject, to invite people to come with us is actually an obligation that I have. So as I move through my life, I'm actually commanded by Jesus to go and share. You now we're called to be witnesses, it says in the Bible. A witness tells about what happened. I need to share with people what happened to me. And say, what happened to me can happen to you too. You also can be one of God's children. You are special. You are chosen. All you've got to do is say yes. And you'll be part of the journey with us. So come with us. We're commanded to tell people, come with us. So Moses invites Hobab to come and share in the partnership. Because he says, come and join our family. He says to Hobab, come with us. See, Hobab was not part of Israel. He's outside of the, of the covenant relationship with God. In other words, he's actually a lost man. If he has got no relationship with God via the covenant... He's got no relationship with God full stop. He's cut off from all the blessings and all the promises of the Lord. He has no help, hope of salvation apart from accepting Moses' invitation and becoming part of the nation of Israel. So Moses invites him, come and join the family. Now there's an important message. We need to hear this today. There is no way for anyone to be saved outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ. The Bible is clear. Don't misunderstand me in this. I'm not saying you can be saved by joining Doyleson Baptist Church. I'm not saved you can, saying you can be saved by you know, some rituals or anything of any kind of church. You can't simply be saved by rituals. Salvation, a right relationship with God, can only be found by a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the only way. When you believe in Jesus Christ and you trust him as your Savior and your Lord, you become a member of his body or the church. We saw some people welcome to membership this morning. They are part of the body of Christ. They are part of the church. Outside of a relationship with Jesus, there's no hope of heaven or salvation of any kind. And that's why the Bible says you must be born again, which means you've got to be renewed in your spirit. 
There must be a moment in time where you can look to Jesus by faith and say, you know what, I'm trusting in you as my Savior and as my Lord. And when you do that, you immediately become part of the family. And as a family member, you're entitled to all the rights and all the privileges of the family. One of the great privileges we have is we are children of God. And we can say that and know it to be true. I'm 100% certain I'm a child of the living God. I've been adopted into his family. And I have a secure place with him in heaven that's reserved for me. As it says in the book of Hebrews, we are saved to the uttermost. So membership has great privileges. Come with us. The invitation's there. Come with us. So Moses says to Hobab, join our family. And he says, join our fellowship. Because he says, we will treat you well. I like the way Moses puts that. We're going to treat you well. Moses is saying to his father-in-law, Hobab, if you will come with us, we will treat you right. God is blessing us. And we're going to share those blessings with you. We won't hurt you. We'll do our best to be a blessing to you. In reality, Moses is actually saying two things to Hobab, which is quite fascinating. He's saying to Hobab, Hobab, you need us. You need us, man. If you want to be saved and enjoy the blessings of a relationship with God, then you have to come along with us, the people of Israel. But interestingly, he also says in verse 31, let me read it for you. Moses says, please do not leave us. You know where we should camp in the desert and you can be our eyes. If you come with us, we'll share with you whatever good things the Lord gives to us. Moses is saying, not only do you need us, Hobab, Hobab, we need you. And that's interesting. That's interesting. Because this desert that they were journeying through was Hobab's home territory. He knew the best places to camp. He knew the best trails. He knew where all the watering holes were. And Moses says, look, we'll be a blessing to you and you will be a blessing to us. So come with us. Join us. Interestingly, we should note here that, that we are doing more than offering people a get out of free hell card, you know? A free get out of hell card. We're not offering that. We're something bigger than that. There's more than just blessings when this life is over. You need us, and we need you. Now, why do people need us? The church should be able to offer people something that cannot be found anywhere else in the world. And here's what we should find in the church. We should find in the church people who genuinely care for other people. We need to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who are mourning. We need to get alongside folks and be real and be with them. We need to genuinely care. That's why people need us. And people need us because they need someone to help carry their burdens. Life isn't easy. Is your life easy? Mine isn't. I didn't want to come here this morning. Tell you why? I came into the kitchen and my daughter was collapsed on the floor. So my youngest one is now looking after my oldest one. She knows the phone number for ambulance. She, she just faded. Right? So she's been working really hard, exercising and dieting and all that sort of stuff. And I think just the fluid levels were, were wrong. She just needed to be rehydrated. So I got some staminate into her and she's you know, sitting up again. She's okay. But we've got burdens, don't we? Each one of us. And someone needs to, ca to carry them for us. So we need to do that with people. We need to help carry their physical burdens, but also their spiritual burdens. That means we need to pray for one another. And I know that prayer works. We heard about it this morning, didn't we? Exactly. So I prayed for my daughter. I said, well, that's all right. You'll be fine. God's here. I've got something else I've got to do for God right now. You'll still be here when I get home. 
So let's pray for one another. People need to find that. And in the church, they also need to find people who will love them unconditionally. Love your neighbor just as yourself. That's what we need to do, brothers and sisters. I love myself. Not in a strange sort of weird way. You know, but I care for myself and I care for other people as well. Someone didn't listen to me. <laughs> Turn off that phone. Uh -oh. And there's far more that people should find in a church. They should find fellowship, acceptance. They should find family. We should be able to say to every person who unites with this church, we will do you good. Yeah? That's exactly what church should be like. Because let me tell you, from experience, there are far too many churches that are kind of different to that, where it's not good, and they damage one another. That's not what church is about. We're representatives of Jesus here. So come with us, and we will do you good. So... People need us, don't they? Because we're going to do good. But we also need them. And that's really important to understand. Why do we need other people? Why do we need other people to come part of the church? I mean, they're going to mess up the place, aren't they? We've got it all sorted out now. Yeah? Let me tell you something. When God saves a person, just like he did with me, he gave me his spirit. And when he gave me his spirit, he also gave me various gifts of the spirit. And every single one of you that's a born-again Christian who received the Holy Spirit, you have a gift of the Holy Spirit as well. Something that you can do for the body of Christ and for this world. He saves us and uniquely gifts every single one of us. And then he sends them to a fellowship. So every person that's here in this room today is not here by accident. You are here because God sent you here today. And you have something unique that we all need. Now, sometimes you go, like, I don't know what it is that I've got, Martin. But I can smile. <laughs> I love people. Well, there's a good start, isn't it? I could do with a smile. I could do with some love. Couldn't you? Okay. Well, we can all do that. But we've all got something special that we can, we can do that no one else can do. Some unique gift, some unique talent, and sometimes it might only be for a moment. But you've got that, whatever it is, for that particular moment. So we need to learn to create an environment where people can exercise their spiritual gifts. We should never stand in anybody else's way. We should let them exercise their gifts. We need to give people freedom to be the people that God saved them to be. So each one of you has something very special. Now, some folks are a little bit threatened by this kind of behavior. And they've got a kind of grip on power. And when new people or young people slip in and start doing things, uh, hang on, we need to remember something. This is not your church. This is not my church. Now, some people say, oh, let's go to Martin's church. Well, which church is that? I don't know. It's certainly not mine, I can promise you. It's God's church. Right? Yeah? Understood? Not yours, God's. We're caring for it and working in it, but it's God's church. And when God sends someone who's gifted our way for a certain task, we need to get out of their way and let them exercise their task. And sometimes they need to learn and sometimes they need to grow. Well, let's be gracious to one another. Let them grow. Let them learn. Let's help build one another up. Very important. Because otherwise, you might have what's known as the spirit of di diatrophies. There you go. Got him out. You find him in, John, in 3 John verse 9. He loved to be first and he was threatened by anybody else. Let's not be like that bloke. Let's not be threatened by other people. 
So we need to honestly be able to say as church, come with us and we will do you good. I think that's the kind of church we're becoming, don't you? We're going to do you good. This is a friendly place and we love one another. That's the kind of church we need to be. So Moses is inviting Hobab into that. And he says also, he says to Hobab, listen, come and share in our promises. Because Moses, as he speaks to Hobab, he says to him, Lord, the Lord has promised good things to Israel. And he says to Hobab, you know what? All these blessings that God is blessing us with, we want to share them with you. So when we look at an individual and say, come with us, we are inviting them to partake of all the promises that God has given to us as church. And we can share them with other people. Now, what sort of things has God promised to us? Well, we can invite people to come and share in the promise of a home. Who wants to have their own home? That'd be a great thing. All I've got is mortgage. How about a place where I really belong? Where I feel at home and loved. You see, when Moses was inviting Hobab to join with the people of Israel. He says, come and join with us. This wilderness we're wandering around in is actually not our home. We're going to a place called Canaan, the land of milk and honey, a much better place. That's where we're heading to. Well, the wilderness is also not the final destination of the church, us. We're merely passing through down here. Here we have no continuing city for we seek one which is to come. Remember the scripture? We're heading to a much better land. And we are given little glimpses of that homeland in the book of Revelation. Let me refresh your memory. It's a land of worship. That means it's a place where we're going to worship our Savior, Jesus. We're going to see him face to face. How good is that going to be? So it's a land of worship. It's a land of wonders. The Bible describes it in, in, in ways that are like, wow, I don't know if my little brain can get around this. If you consider that the, the, the new city of Jerusalem has walls of jasper, gates of pearl, foundations of 12 precious stones, streets made of transparent gold, the presence of Jesus Christ and God the Father, the presence of all the saints of God. Heaven's going to be wonderful beyond imagination. And it's a land of wellness too. I'm looking forward to that because I'm hurting as I'm standing up here. I think, yes, Lord, bring on the wellness. There's going to be no tears, there's going to be no pain, there's going to be no suffering, no sickness and no death in that land. The problems and the burdens of this life which trouble us here, they're going to have no effect because they're banned at the gate. How good's that? So Moses says to Hobab, come and share the promise of a home and come share the promise we have of a hope. Yes, because God says, I will give you. When God says, I will give you something, that's something which is filled with hope, that particular verse. Moses is inviting Hobab to, to rest in all the promises of the Lord. Moses is saying, you know, there's hope for tomorrow. The Lord himself has promised us that there are better things down the road. That's the hope we have as a believer. The best is yet to come, isn't it? This world is a place of heartaches and trials and troubles. There's sickness, there's death, there's separation, there's hardship. But praise God, there is coming a better day. Let me tell you a little bit about what's in your future if you are a saved person. There's going to be a day of rest. Oh, yeah. That's going to be good, isn't it? Some of you find it hard to rest, I know. You wake up at 2 a.m. and you, oh, there's the ceiling again. I've already touched it. There's a, there's a coming a day of rest for the child of God. 
where we're going to lay down the burdens of this life and we're going to enter a place of peace and rest and safety and you'll never be troubled again. Some of you have fought hard battles. You've paid the price of living for the Lord. You've carried the burden of the church, of your family, of your community. But there's coming a day of rest. There's coming a day when you can lay down all these burdens and you can fly off to glory. But there's more. It's also going to be, let's go, oh, there's coming a day of reunion, brothers and sisters. We're going to get back together again. Many of us have seen those we love in this world leave. And that's hard, I understand. It's a hard day when God takes your loved one home to be with him. The months and the years have passed away and it hasn't dulled the pain, I understand. There's an emptiness. But I want to remind you there's coming a great reunion day. There's coming a day when we're going to meet again in the presence of God. And you'll be with those who have gone ahead of you. And you'll see Jesus face to face. We'll look at the one who died for our sins on that cross, the one who saved us by his grace, the one who washed our sins away with his own precious blood. We're going to see him one day. What a day of reunion that's going to be. It's also going to be a day of reward. If you've served faithfully and watched others get the glory, has that happened? Hmm. It does, doesn't it? People brag about work that other people are doing and you're serving away in silence. Let me tell you something. God never misses a thing. He knows every prayer that you've prayed. He knows every meal that you've missed. He knows every dollar that you've given or sent. He knows about the lot. He knows about every cup of water that you've given to somebody. He sees all of it. And one day, he's going to balance the scales. And those who have tooted their own horn, who've received all their pats on the back, who've received all the accolades of men, their work's going to burn to ashes on that day. But for you, you might hear these wonderful words, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Can you imagine those words from Jesus directed to you? Well, that day is coming. Those are incredible promises of hope. But there's more than home. There's more than hope. There's also promise of help. So many wonderful promises we have as church. Moses tells to Hobab, he says, God's promised good things to Israel. He says, the Lord will not, did not redeem us to abandon us in the wilderness. He'll go with us. He'll bless us. He'll help us all the way to the promised land. Brothers and sisters, we have someone who's going to help us every step of the way on the journey that we're on. He's promised to sustain us, just like God fed Israel in the wilderness. Remember the manna and the quail and all those things that happened? The same way God's going to sustain us as well. He's going to take care of us. And he's also promised to sanctify us. That means he's going to set us apart. He set Israel apart. He made them a holy, separate people. So when he saved you and me, he did exactly the same for us. He's made us into new creatures, it says in the Bible. Now, I might look like the old Martin looked. In fact, I probably look older than the old Martin looked. <laughs> but I'm a new creature on the inside. I'm brand new in my spirit. I've been born again on the inside in my spirit. The real me who lives in this body is made new. I'm a new creature. And God expects me to walk in a newness of life. I don't have to live like the world anymore. I can be different. Why? Because God enables me to be different. So he's going to sustain us. He's going to sanctify us. He's going to satisfy us too. We're going to look to God and say, you know what? Having God is enough. I'm just passing through this place. Just having God is quite enough because I'm going to be in his presence in days to come.
And he's also promised to secure us. God did what he did. He brought Israel through the promised land, through to the promised land. He didn't save them to lose them along the way. He's going to do the same for us. God's going to get us safely home to heaven. He doesn't promise there won't be a few bumps on the journey, but he will get us there. Interesting. When Hobab heard this invitation, in the reading we've got here in verse 30, he says, no, I don't want to go with you. I'm going back to my own land and my own people. I'm going like, oh, no, that's so sad. Don't do that, Hobab. That's a bad choice. Well, when you read a little bit further in the Bible, the book of Judges, one of the descendants of Hobab, a woman by the name of Jael, she killed a Canaanite general by the name of Sisera. You might remember she whacked a tent peg through his head. Oh, that's a woman. It tells me something. Hobab's children are with Israel. Hobab actually became part of Israel. He said no initially, but eventually he thought, you know what? <laughs> that's a darn good offer. I'm going with them. He came along with them. So here's your invitation today. Come with us. Come with us. Come with us. Why wouldn't you? Come with us to heaven if you're not saved. Come to Jesus and be saved. Come with us as we serve the Lord. He'll bless you. He'll bless us by your presence. Come with us as we move into the future that the Lord has for this church. We have a big future in front of us, brothers and sisters. Things are happening amazingly through the work of the garden. Things are going to happen even more as we bring, begin our CAP course and offer that. Christians Against Poverty, remember that? Right? We're going to be doing that with the community as well. Things are going to happen here at Doyleson. He has a plan for us. And we can either go willingly and bless, be blessed or we can say no and miss out on God's blessing. Has God spoken to you today? Has he spoken to you about your soul? Do you need to be saved? I got something this morning out of the kitchen. Here is it. It's in my pocket. My very favorite thing, a teaspoon. Oh, do you know this is the key to heaven? I've told you about it before, but I've got to tell you again, just in case you don't remember. When you're doing your cooking, in your recipe book, and you've got to put a teaspoon of something into the recipe, it's usually shortened down to TSP. Three letters that you can remember. TSP. T stands for what? Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, that you lived the life I couldn't live. You died the death that belonged to me, and you rose to prove that God is satisfied. Thank you. S stands for sorry. Sorry, Father God, I have sinned against you. You're quite right. That's an agreement with God, isn't it? We need to do that. And P stands for please. Please, Holy Spirit, come into my heart and make me new again. Thank you, sorry, and please. T-S-P. It's very polite, isn't it? But that's how we enter into a contract with God. Buy a teaspoon. T-S-P. That's the key to heaven. Don't forget it. By the way, this is something that you can all do. It's real simple. It's like this. You go, Father, I want to say thank you for Jesus, my Savior and my Lord. I believe that he lived. I believe that he died. I believe that he rose again for me. And Father God, yes, I agree. I have sinned against you. You're quite right in your judgment of me. So please forgive me and come into my heart by your Holy Spirit. Make me new on the inside as your child. Amen. It's as simple as that. It's not hard, is it? Anyone can do it. If God's spoken to you about your conduct as church, you need to come to Jesus as well. Get it sorted. If God's spoken to you this morning about a problem that you're facing, if there's something that you need to, to have from him, 
that you want Jesus to bring into your life, come to Jesus as well. <clears throat> if God has spoken to you about your need to go to others, come to Jesus as well because he'll help you with that. Whatever it is that God's spoken to you about this morning, just don't say no. Come to Jesus. Would you join me in prayer? Father, we give you thanks and we give you praise for this morning. For we've been able to learn from these simple verses in the scripture that Hobab is now relevant to each one of us. Help us, Father, to invite other folks to come to you, to join with us as we journey on together so that we can treat them well and that you can do what you've promised and share all the good things that you've promised for the church. Use us, we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen.